Welcome to the Asking Why podcast. Our goal is to get to the root issues of systemic problems using a theological and psychological lens. We hope you enjoy. Putman Restoration is a proud sponsor of the Asking Why podcast. Putman Restoration specializes in commercial disaster services, including water damage, fire, smoke, mold, and storm. Their goal and desire is to get your properties up and running as soon as possible after disaster strikes. Hospitals, schools, hotels, and large municipal buildings, malls, churches, and large commercial properties are their specialty. Manage properties nationwide? No problem. Putman Restoration Services, their clients nationwide. They are strategically partnered with elite restoration companies throughout the U.S. and Canada, giving their clients resources during disasters where normal companies would be tapped out. Trust the professionals at Putman Restoration when disaster strikes. Visit them online at www.putmanrestoration.com or give them a call at 318-453-5029. Welcome to the Asking Why podcast. I'm your host, Clint Davis, and today's topic is going to be the new book. I wanted to give everybody kind of an update on what I've been doing, what I've been writing. I know I have a lot of listeners on here who um, love and support the channel, love and support what we're doing at Clint Davis Counseling and Integrative Wellness. And so I wanted to talk about the book. Um, I'm going to be honest, I, uh, I get a little insecure when I talk about myself or the book or uh, things that I'm doing. You know, I want to always give these caveats of like making sure that, you know, that God is the one doing it. It's not me. It's him revealing these things to me and by his grace, giving me information and putting me in situations and relationships. So anyway, I'm going to tell a little bit of the story about that today, just kind of where the book came from um, and what it's about. That way, um, if you're a fan and you want the book and you want to be supportive of the book and really push that out there and see me be able to grow and, and help more people, um, you can send them this link and they can learn about the book and what it's all about and who we are and who wrote it. And I think, um, that'd be helpful. So the title of the book is building better bridges, a guidebook to having difficult conversations that can save our kids. It's going to come out November 6th. It'll be on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It may actually be pre-orderable, um, you know, sooner than later. I'll post that, post that on uh, social media or, or reference that again, in the next couple of podcasts. Um, but yeah, um, wrote it. So, you know, the book came about by just me, um, the last four or five years teaching and leading and, uh, getting to preach at places. And, you know, I never thought I was going to, um, write about sexual abuse prevention and trauma with children and, and talking to your kids about these difficult things, but it just kind of organically has happened. Um, you know, it, it starts with really my own story of growing up, um, with parents that, you know, didn't really talk to me about my body or development and a lot of my own experiences and trauma with other kids. And as I grew into adulthood and kind of looked back on those things and started becoming a clinician, I, I, you know, I thought that was just me and my story and didn't really talk to anybody about it. And then over time I started talking to friends and people at Bible study and other men. And, you know, there's just so many similarities in the stories. And so then I started to feel not alone and like, okay, this is something that's, you know, remotely common, you know, maybe I'm not the only one, maybe there's a few of us out here. And then as I became a therapist and started talking with people about this stuff and talking about sexual trauma and abuse and exposure to adult content and, um, man, it just became more and more common that people were like, oh yeah, me too. That happened. And I think what happened is that we normalized so much of the things that happened to us in the eighties and nineties because we didn't have phones, we didn't have hardcore porn in our hands every day. We did, but we had access and exposure to those things just 
minimally um, and few and far between. And so as I talked to men and women and, and spoke in churches and continued to hear story after story of people struggling, um, not understanding what's happened and how it shaped us, you know, these, these kind of talks came about. And so I started getting, you know, called to come and speak at schools and churches and um, different religious organizations to help really people understand like what's going on, what's the trauma, how do we protect kids? And man, that's been so healing and so helpful for me. Um, But as I did that work and, you know, I ended up getting my certification as a sex addiction therapist and working with people struggling with sex addiction, compulsivity and, same thing, their stories over and over were, well, I got exposed to this and I saw porn when I was eight or nine and the, you know, a cousin down the street or a brother or sibling or a parent sexually abused me or traumatized me or exposed me to something. And that was the root cause of so many things. And um, so then I started working as a clinician and working with, you know, people struggling with that stuff. And through that process, I got hired on with the Hub Urban Ministry and worked in, worked in human trafficking for a while um, and got to work with women and men and children who have come out of trafficking. And again, same story, lots of sexual trauma, lots of sexual abuse. And, and for a while, I thought it was just, well, I'm just working with difficult populations. Like I'm just working with people who have, you know, had this high ACEs scores and all this trauma and adverse childhood experiences is what that. Um, ACEs scores are. And so I was reading about trauma and learning about addiction and learning about sexual trauma and, and then my own story of, you know, the same thing and all of this just kind of blurring together. And I'd go to speaking events and people like, Oh, not at our school, not our kids, not this situation. Like, you know, that's some that you just, you know, all this because of you just work with hard people. And I was like, okay, maybe that's true. But then as I started, you know, working as a clinician, started Clint Davis counseling and started working and, and having other therapists come on board and, talk to people, it became a very common theme that, you know, seven out of 10, eight out of 10 of the people we work with, that was nothing they came to therapy to talk about, but it was something that came up in their story. If you dug a little bit and if you asked them about their childhood, you know, there's been plenty of times where I've asked somebody like from zero to five, from five to 10, what can you tell me about sexual development or what you experienced in your sexual history? And, you know, story after story, things came up that they were like, well, this happened and they had, they act like it's no big deal or people act like it's no big deal or it's just common. And then all of a sudden they start realizing that, Oh man, that, that was very traumatic and that, that was a big deal and a big issue. And so that, that worked together with human trafficking and, and sex addiction and uh, speaking and teaching and leading just the, just, Oh man, the pressure was just too much. And, and so, um, I had a little, meltdown about four years ago in 2000, right before, uh, I think that's 2018, just emotionally going, Oh my gosh, like this is too much. This can't be this common. Like everybody's a mess. Like I go to the airport and think about all the abuse and all the trauma. I'd go home and think about all the trauma of my kids and, and what could happen to them and what's happening to everybody that kids around me. It just, it was a lot to manage. And, uh, God was really good in that and started giving me some direction. And I started thinking about, okay, if I know the problem, if I know the end result, what are the preventative measures? What, how do we stop this stuff? And so I started reading and looking at, you know, any books that were out there on abuse prevention or sexual trauma. And, you know, it led me to seeing some holes in the research and some holes in the, in the literature. And I started doing the talks on sexual neglect and childhood sexual neglect specifically and got asked to do a Ted talk. And so that Ted talk 
they pitched that to me last summer in 2022 and, you know, spent four or five months working on the Ted talk and it came out in January. Well, yeah, January, we, we did the Ted talk and recorded it and people all over the country came together and we did all of our talks and, you know, just did really well. And it's on YouTube. If you want to check it out, if you haven't already watched it, go do that. Um, but the Ted talk went well and the feedback I got from the other speakers and just even, even while doing the Ted talk, I got done with the Ted talk and a girl came up to me crying and shaking. And she said, nobody's ever talked about that to me. I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know that's what I experienced, but I'm going to get help. And she called her mom on the spot and got into therapy. And, um, so that, that was an amazing experience, such a validation. And the Ted talk guys reached out and said, Hey, this was really good. This was unique. This is one of the only Ted talks on this topic. You know, you really should write something and have, um, maybe an ebook or something quick and short, just kind of telling people what childhood sexual neglect is and trauma. And, um, I was like, okay. So I, you know, I was like, I'll sit down and try. And so I started writing and it just kind of all came out and all the talks and all the things over the last five years and all the research started just pouring out and it just became a thing. And, you know, it was chapter after chapter and just kind of pouring out of me and the Holy spirit would write stuff that I didn't even remember. And, it was fun when I sent it to the editor, you know, she would send back and say, Oh my gosh, like this is a great section. And she would send me a quote that I'd written. And I, I would look back and go, I don't even remember writing that. Like I thought you edited that. Like I thought you added that in. And she's like, no, you wrote this. And I'm like, I did not write that. That's the Holy spirit. Like just lines and, and different connections overall. And so it was a really fun process writing and very, you know, not really difficult to be honest. I mean, um, that's not a brag on me. It's just a brag on, how synthesized the information has been after all of these talks. I mean, I've given hundreds and hundreds. And so it's not like, um, I just sat down and wrote something out of a blank canvas. It was built in there. And, and I've always been kind of like that during grad school. I would read and read and think and think and think, and then sit down and write the essay in two seconds, but it was just hours of thinking. And so that was kind of how the book was. So that that's led to what this book is about. Um, and then I became a parent and all of that and being a dad and then having to walk out some of these things and seeing my children d develop and grow and wondering how do I have these conversations? And my friends next to me saying, I have no clue how to have these conversations. Are we supposed to be talking about this? And that's, I think that's the major, one of the major themes of the book is people don't even know what they're supposed to be talking about. So by the time they they're doing life and being busy and going through things and surviving, their kids seven or eight and they've missed five or six conversations that could have been had that they didn't even know they were supposed to have, or a crisis happens or a moment happens because of a lack of prevention. And now we're having to have the conversation in the moment now that the things already happened. And so the book takes on a really two perspectives. One is prevention and one is recovery. So if you're a parent, listen to this, or you're a, a caregiver or a grandparent and you have teenagers or older, older people, it's going to be very helpful for you to understand what's happened, why it's happened and how you can help them recover from some of the damage and the exposure and the trauma that's already taken place. And if you're an adult reading it and your kids are long gone, it's going to help you to understand how you can repair maybe those relationships with your adult child with some things that you missed and maybe revisit and say, Hey, I didn't know this, but I listened to this or I read this book and I didn't know what I didn't know. And I'm sorry. And some of this stuff is on me. And I hope you forgive me for not knowing. I didn't know. My parents didn't teach me. And the cycles continue. But but be an encouragement. So you can stop the cycle. 
read this book, listen to these things and, and do different than I did with you. Um, so that's my hope for recovery for prevention. It's for parents who haven't given their kid a smartphone yet. Haven't done a bunch of sleepovers. Their kid hasn't, you know, is three or four or five and they still have time to have difficult conversations. Um, to prevent a lot of the trauma that we've seen over the last 20, 30, 40 years that continues to get worse and worse. And, um, those are the two major goals. And I think I try to do a good job of breaking it down and giving very practical guidance, um, direct tips, but really helping you understand why it is that you need to do certain things. And then basically telling you that you get to make that decision. It's not my job to tell you what you should do. It's my job to tell you you have to do something. And so that's kind of the theme of the the book um, in general. I wanted to um, just give a little sneak peek today of some of the chapters. I'll let you guys know what you're in for. Um, so there are 21 total chapters. Um, and the, the first chapter is what is this book and who is it for? It's really like more of a, not appendices, but the little Roman numeral one. Um, and really it addresses kind of the highlights of the book and who it's aimed at. And the second one is who am I and why should you listen to me? And so a little bit of what I talked about today is in there, just kind of offering you my unique story and situation and why I'm writing the book. And three is caveats and disclaimers. So it just warns readers of certain things to know ahead of time about the content that's going to be in the book. One of the things I can't stand I mean, about books is that a lot of times there's these things that people say or podcasts that people say, and we don't give those little disclaimers or caveats for people. And so we're left thinking, well, did he mean this or did he mean that? And, and as you know, if you listen to this podcast, I try to do a really good job of giving those caveats on here. So then enters part one, um, and it's how we got here. So it kind of lays a clinical foundation for, for the advice that's going to come later. So I want you to understand why I'm telling you what I'm telling you. I don't want to just tell you to do something without giving you the foundation of, of why you should do it because we, we get stuck in the moment and we get overwhelmed and we get nervous and triggered and scared and all the things. And then we're like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. I, this conversation is too hard. This is too difficult. I'm out. Um, chapter one officially is the roots of parenting. So kind of how parenting has changed in the past decade and how society is changing with it. So really painting a picture of what's happened in the last 15 to 20, 30 years around parenting, the sociology, the mental health, the, the kind of individualized focus. Uh, chapter two is called Hormones and Chaos. So I really break down what we know now about children, their biology, their, their bodies, how they respond to things, and then they're just developmental stages, what's appropriate. Um, so you can understand like who your kid is, what they're going through, and why, and what we need to know about it. Um, three is the real modern family, the statistics and research about the average family in church in America and what we can do to change the stats. So in this chapter, I lay out just the statistics of where we are now, you know, what, what's going on with screens, what's going on with abuse, what's going on with, um, pornography, what's going on with exposure and where we literally are based on all of the research and statistics that are good and then are out there. Chapter four is how to talk to the right brain. I love all the chapters, but this one's one of my favorite because it's got a lot of original content for me. Um, just basically a breakdown of how to get your child or anyone to listen and learn from you from a psychological perspective using brain science and scripture. So it's just this interweaved 
uh, conversation about like, okay, you're going to be talking to your kids about all these heavy things, all these hard things. Well, you need to understand how to get your, your kid's brain to listen or your spouse's brain to listen when you're going to be bringing up things that are sensitive and uncomfortable. Chapter five is called epigenetics, ACE scores and generational trauma. So this is a breakdown of what's going on underneath all these unhealthy behaviors we see in adults and children to really get to some of the root causes instead of just modifying behavior and changing things. And then there's a really cool uh, intermission that we do where we just kind of catch you up and talk with you. And a lot of the times I'll reference, you know, I really try to take care of the reader in the book to help them understand like, if you need to talk to a therapist, if you need to stop and pause, if you need to drink some water, like I do that throughout the book, but I didn't want to do it too much. So it pulls you out of the, the content, but each chapter, I forgot about this. Each chapter at the end of each chapter has three to five questions and, and uh, a journal entry so that you can kind of work through the chapter, bring it to somebody, bring it to your pastor, bring it to your therapist, bring it to uh, a friend, do a book study on it with people and process kind of what are you learning in this? What are you thinking about this? What does this mean to you? Does this resonate with you? Um, so let's end of part one. Uh, part two is what do we do now? So now that we know all these things from the first few chapters, what do we do? And it's more information on action steps and guidance through these conversations. It's part two. So chapter six is what is childhood sexual neglect and why have you never heard of it? And this is just defining that term, what it looks like in families. How has this played out? Really giving you a robust understanding of what's been going on, what happened in your childhood as an adult, but also what's going to happen in your child's life if you don't use this book and these resources to address um, your child's sexual development and their health and their online use. Number seven is little kids, big conversations, how to talk to kids about normal sexual development in a healthy way and why. Um, that's pretty clear cut, right? It's just, we need to know what's normal, what's healthy and, and how to talk to them. Chapter eight is overcoming your own barriers. So this is like, why is it, what is, you know, why is preventing us as parents? What is preventing us as parents and the church from having these discussions? So it's a, kind of look at what is what are the things that come up? What are the things that people are going to say when reading this book where they're like, well, you shouldn't say that or you shouldn't say this or why should we do this? So this chapter really breaks down those fears and anxieties and helps you understand like why the barriers are there, but also how to, how to get past those barriers. Chapter nine is sexual abuse and the talks that prevent it. So this is how neglecting certain topics puts children at risk for abuse and, and structures to put in place to help prevent the trauma. So really helping you understand, like, here's the why sexual abuse happens. Here's how often it is. Here's how it's happening. And what are the things you can talk to your child about and your family about and the, fam and, and the extended family and schools about that can make sure we limit that sexual abuse from happening. Ten uh, is abuse, seeing the signs and what to do. So this is an excerpt from uh, RAIN, which is a national network that has a lot of resources. And so I just put their resources in this chapter so that you know what to do if you experience abuse or, or you, your child says they've been abused, the action steps, exactly what you should do, exactly what you should walk through. Um, and the action steps for, for, for prevention. Um, chapter 11 is gender roles. Yeah, we're going there. And this is the chapter where we discuss gender stereotypes and root causes to modern gender issues. So it's really, um, I'm not tackling LGBTQ stuff or trans stuff. That's not really the goal of this book. Um, the, the goal is to focus on what's affecting lots of children on all of those spectrums, which is having unhealthy views of men and women and um, historically 
placing men and women and sex and gender roles at odds with cultural changes, with the way we talk, with the way we do sports, with the way we do family and how toxicity in both masculinity and femininity is causing tons of problems that are confusing children from a very early age that is adding to lots of these problems that we're seeing in society. So I think it's important for, for that chapter for people to understand that the way we treat boys and girls and the way we talk about them in front of them and the way we treat them really impacts their growth and their, their value of themselves, the value of gender, and then into puberty, their attraction and their um, desire for certain things can really be shaped by these early um, issues of gender. 12 is sex talk foundations. So this is setting the stage for having the sex talk with your teenagers. So, you know, I kind of, I've already up into this point, given you the, when you should talk about things and I give it age appropriateness and when and where now we're getting into teenage years and saying, okay, you know, when should you have the sex talk and how should you have it? Um, which is chapter 13, when to talk about sex and what to say. So this break, this is a breakdown of how to talk about sex at various ages and instill values without avoiding the topic altogether. So it's really an, how do I go from zero to 18 and have age appropriate conversations about sexual development, consent, body safety, penis and vagina. How do I talk about these things with my kids? When's it appropriate? When's it not appropriate? And, and what, what are some resources and tools that I can use to have these conversations without, you know, melting down or falling apart or avoiding it entirely. So that's part two, you know, part one is kind of how we got here. Part two is what do we do now? And part three is new hurdles and healthy changes. So this is going to walk you through changes in our world and how to face the new things that maybe many of us did not face and have not dealt with in society up until this point. And so, you know, obviously the first two parts are also integrated into this and referenced, but this is chapter 14 is pornography and masturbation, the two-headed monster. And so this is how to have this talk and what is the healthy way to do it without causing trauma or addiction. So really it's a, it's a, this chapter is a difficult guide because there's a lot of varying beliefs on beliefs on masturbation. We don't talk about it very often. We don't have these conversations, even though research shows 90 plus percent of people have experienced that in their life and 90 plus percent percent of people were not talked to about it before they experienced it. And that causes lots of trauma. And the reason that I do pornography and masturbation in the same chapter, um, is because really the link of the two is the major problem. So we can talk about masturbation addiction and how toxic it is and how unhealthy it is on areas, or there are some people who believe it's perfectly fine and not, a, not a problem. But when you link it together with pornography and especially violent pornography, which is now 96% of pornography filmed, and children are doing this, then it's causing all kinds of problems and addiction and, and trauma that is confusing them, you know, along the way and into adulthood. And that is then going into marriages and causing immense problems and intimacy issues and intimacy disorders and a lack of sex in the bedroom and abuse and neglect in the bedroom as adults. And so that's in that chapter. Um, chapter 15 is, is porn really that bad? And so we take a specific dive into the real stats about pornography and how it's affecting you, your child and the church. Chapter 16 is digital immigrants and digital natives. And this is another one of my favorite chapters. I call them analog to digital converts is what I am. And these kids are digital natives. And so this chapter is really breaking down kind of the, the 13 to 18 year olds, who they are, who we're raising and how they're so drastically different 
than us and then how we can walk alongside them in this new digital world and understand how they're dealing with the world, how they're seeing the world in a way that's so different from someone who immigrated into this or converted into this digital life. Chapter 17 is the smartphone plague. So how did the phone came into culture and what it's doing to destroy and benefit us? So this is about devices and phones and how, you know, the iPhone and the Android have come into the world in the last 15 years, all the effects that it's having, all the things we need to look out for and really giving us a robust understanding of how this is causing so many issues. Uh, chapter 18, social media sickness. So this is about how social media is affecting our teens men mentally, spiritually, um, physically, and what to do about it, when you should give it to them, how you can protect them while they have it, how it's affecting you, how it's affecting our society, and what, what is going to happen moving forward if we do not um, make a huge change. And then chapter 19, which is the last real chapter, is finding hope in the darkness. And so that's encouragement and guiding, guidance for the future and just what to do. And so chapter 19 really summarizes the book. It paints a picture of what is the average American child going through what is it emotionally, spiritually, mentally that they're experiencing from zero to five, five to 10, 10 to 18, and gives you a real clear picture of like, what is the problem? What is happening? What, is, what has happened? And who are the kids that we're dealing with? Who are the kids that our friends are friends with? Who are the parents that our friends are friends with? And, and what do we need to look out for? Chapter 20 is FAQ with me. And so we just do some frequently asked questions that I get a lot from parents. Um, things like, if you have a phone, um, what is it that I, um, do if my parent, if the parents are divorced, you know, so, oh, I follow the rules, but my, my husband doesn't, you know, my, the, the dad doesn't follow these, these guiding, guiding principles. And so how do I send my kid over there and, you know, make sure they're taken care of when, um, they're not following the same rules and doing the same things. And so I get those all the time. And then there's appendixes. So, at the back of the book, there's a lot of appendixes that break down exactly what um, what the book is saying and how we're supposed to work through it. So one of it's like tips regarding human trafficking. So ways to keep your kid from being abducted and, and getting in, in any kind of trafficking situation online or in person. Chat, uh, appendix two is conversation starters. So it's like a breakdown of like if they ask this, here's a way to start it. If they don't, if you need to have this conversation, here's a way to start this conversation. Just some practical guides to how do you start these conversations? Chapter three is handling difficult questions. So it's like if your kid's in the back seat and they yell out, hey, what's what's lube? And then you're like, oh my gosh, what is this? Well, it could be that they pass by a Jiffy Lube and they read the word and they want to know what that is. But you don't need to jump to conclusions. And so I guide you through like, when your kid says something that they heard at school or they heard from online um, that you don't know that they know, how do we handle that in the moment? How do we not freak out? How do we not give them more information than what they need? Or how do we give them the appropriate information that they need? And then lastly, there's a books list. So it's just all the lists and all the apps and all the cell phone uh, resources that you need that, that the book is made up of because the, the real thing, you know, is some of this is organic information for me, but a lot of it is me combing through all of the information that's out there. That's kind of siloed and saying, what's the best parts of this. And then how do I take my clinical work and my experience and my client's experience and, and mold it into this book that we have before us. And so that's, that's what it is. And I'm super excited about it. That's the, over, you know, that's the chapters of the book, which you can, 
you'll be able to see really shortly. Um, and I think it's going to be extremely helpful to parents. I know it's a, you know, it's a lot of information. It's 274 pages, so it's not too long, but it's not, a, you know, it's not going to be a real quick, 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 you're not going to read it in two days. I mean, you could knock it out. I've had about 13 or 14 advanced readers already who have read it. Doctors, therapists, uh, psychologists, pastors had amazing feedback. And some of them are Christians. Some of them are non-Christians, um, which I guess I would say the book is written from my perspective as a Christian male. Um, but it's not only Christian, you know, it's heavily, uh, based on psychology and research and statistics. I happen to also mention God and Jesus because that's, that's as authentic as I can be. I can't leave that part out. And I think it's very important, but, uh, the non-Christians that I've had read it say, you know, I, one of my friends said, well, it's the Christianity is not cringy at all. And I said, okay, well, that's good. You know, I'm glad that you're, you're not cringed out by it. Um, I will say uh, with the book, there's going to be a Patreon page that comes with it. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a subscription-based platform, and you can sign up for 5 or $15 a month, and you can get extra video contents each week, extra breakdowns of the um, conversations that you need to be having, and I'll be doing like video examples and live examples of, of those things. And then with the book, the last thing I want you to know that's really important is there's going to be downloadable resources. There's going to be things that every parent needs that you don't have to make up because I've spent the last several months making these things up for you. I myself went in and wrote kind of took the book and was like, what do parents need to know? And so there's, there's four major things that you're going to be able to download. If you sign up for the Patreon page that you'll be able to print off and use in your home. One is the building better bridges rules for living a safe digital life. And so that's going to break down uh, phone rules, house rules, suggested rules. And, and when you need to know like what's a rule that you need to have for your kids, it's listed on there and you can choose it or you can not choose it depending on your lifestyle, but it's going to already have that written for you. Number two is a device contract. So it's the building better bridges device or smartphone contract. So when you, when you, you got two options, if you're like 82 to 83% of parents and you've already given your kid a smartphone and a device, you don't have any rules. And so this contract is going to help you say, hey, we need to take a pause. Here's some new rules. Here's some things I've learned. And here's some things we need to do moving forward. The other option is if you have, and that's the recovery piece. The other option is if you have a kid that you haven't given a device or a smartphone for, there's a contract that you can have them sign agreeing to the rules, agreeing to the expectations, knowing what is required of them. Um, and they will initial it and they will sign it and they will see what will happen if they do those things and how they will lose that, that device, what the, what the consequences are. And you can obviously adapt that based on your family. Number three is a building better bridges, body safety rules checklist. So this is a thing that you can print off and that you can hand to your babysitter. You can bring to your church. You can bring over to your parents when they keep your kids. And this is the rules that your child needs to know about their body and their safety and explains why that is important and why it is that they need to know those things. Um, and the book explains all that in great detail. Number four, lastly, there is a Building Better Bridges, a biblical guide to having uh, teaching what healthy sexuality is. And so I leave that out of the book a little bit because I wanted like the secular world to be able to have information and not just kind of run away from the Bible. But for for us as Christians who listen and follow this and who who want to have that guide, it's a, it's a more specific uh, breakdown 
of how do I have these conversations with my kids? You know, what is sexual health? What does that mean? It's from birth to adulthood. There's a holistic approach um, where I use Proverbs and Romans and First Corinthians to really teach about sexuality from a guarding your body, guarding your heart, guarding your mind. Um, and then there's some statistics and research. There's five keys to developing healthy sexuality. There's building foundations on, uh, you know, that God created sex, that it's mysterious. Um, there's the theology of healthy sex. And so breaking down four or five points of theology around healthy sexuality. There's a, a page on um, from Ray Short's uh, book, Sex, Love, and Infatuation. How can I really know? And there's a kind of one through nine of what are the consequences of premarital sex and acting out, you know, in inappropriate ways as a teenager and before you're in a committed relationship. And lastly, how far is too far? So just dating and sexuality and, and having parents help their child understand sitting on each other's laps and holding hands and kissing and, and what's how far is too far? What What's the consequence of those things? And then at the end, there's book recommendations on all of that too. Um, all the best psychologists and therapists and Christian counselors and uh, parenting books. I just I can give you guys a list at the end of that. So those four items uh, are going to be downloadable, and you'll be able to have access to them if you buy the book and if you sign up for the Patreon page. So there you have it, guys. There's Building Better Bridges. That's what the book's about. Those are the chapters and kind of the breakdown of what they are. Um, I hope that um, this runs like wildfire. I hope that, um, you know, if you get the book and if you read it, that you give it to three or four or five or six or two, 20 other people that you know. Um, the feedback so far is, man, as soon as I get this, I have like five people that I want to buy it for because the main thing is you can't do it alone. You can't, you can't do these things um, as an individual family. I mean, you should, but you have to have friends and neighbors and pastors and coworkers and anybody that you're spending time with that you're going to be around their kids or they're going to be around your kids or your kids are going to be around them. They need to be following the same rules. And the biggest push for the book is for us to build a community of people who we look up in 10 or 15 years and man, we've done such a, um, a huge change in culture around these things that the statistics are no longer one in three children, one in five girls, one in, or one in three girls, one in five boys has experienced sexual trauma. It's one in 10, one in 20, one in 50, you know, and if we can raise children to be protected, if we can prevent so much of this stuff, if we can help these young teenagers and adults recover from their trauma, then they don't pass it down. They don't create content. They don't create things that traumatize children. They don't over-sexualize and hyper-sexualize everything. And we can have a group of adults in just a few decades who have such a beautiful view of themselves, of their bodies, of other people's bodies, and who are inclined to protect and to nurture and to shape culture forever. And that's really the goal is, is to do that. And I think that the information in this book can do that, that it's, that it's good, that it's encouraging, that it's hopeful. It's scary. I know partly it's overwhelming, it's triggering, but, um, I hope that you find that I wrote it in a way that, that supports you as a reader and a parent and a caregiver and a human being so that you can tolerate the difficulty of the information and that it can motivate you to do something and that you can see, that you literally have a choice, that you have an active ability to make these changes. And if you're not a parent, you still can make these changes. If you're a caregiver, if you're a foster parent, if you're a teacher, you can do things in your sphere of influence to make these changes and impact children forever. And so I don't know why we wouldn't, especially if we follow Jesus, especially if we're wanting to make the world a better place and reconcile the world and do his work. Reading this book, reading this information, 
will help you to do that immediately. And it'll be very practical and very directional. And then you'll have resources for days that you don't have to make up, that you don't have to come up with. You don't have to listen to a bunch of podcasts and figure it out. Although you should still do all of that stuff. You should read the books that I've listed. But the the book is going to give you a very robust way of thinking about those things and applying those things. And so anyway, I, you know, I'm done. That's, that's the podcast for today. I hope you guys, um, check it out. The book is called building better bridges, a guidebook to having difficult conversations that can save our children. And so I really hope that you buy a copy, buy a copy for your friends, buy a copy for your parents and your babysitters and your youth group. Um, I'm hoping that if it goes well, I can come up with a workbook, I'm going to do the video series that come with it, do some trainings on it, do some online trainings to help churches and equip them. Um, so please reach out. Um, the book tour is starting. So I've been to a lot of your churches, I'm sure. I would, I'm going to love to come back in the end of 2023, 2024. So if you have a, a pastor, if you have a church or a pastor, please have them go to um, our clintdaviscounseling.com uh, book a speaker page. If you go to the website, you'll see book a speaker, click on it and then book me to come and bring the books and do a, a building better bridges parenting conference. And I will bring books with me. You can, you get them at a discount. If you, if you do that, they can pay me to come and do the conference. I'll go over the book, go over some of the resources and be on hand to do book signings and all those kind of things. And so those spots are already filling up. So if you want to have me come and, and do that, please uh, reach out, email, book a speaker, get that stuff going because we need it. And it's, um, every year that passes every month that passes, there's more children being exposed and being abused and, um, Satan is just getting a foothold. And so I just ask you to be a part of this, uh, grassroots movement, get on board, help me out. Um, if you see me post something on social media, you know, share it. If you get the book, you know, write a quote, read something out loud, do a reel, do a post, do something to help me just, just spread this to the world um, so that parents get the resources they need because I know we're desperate to have these conversations and to build these better bridges. So thank you guys. Um, thank you for all your support and love. God bless you and have a good week.